0: This morning's reflection is about the Conceit of Self. One of the most prevalent and pervasive ways that this deeply rooted habit of conceit, what the Buddha called the Conceit of Self, binds us and is perpetuated is through the comparing mind. It's a gift uh, to ourselves to begin to wake up to seeing that the process of comparing one's self with others over and over again only perpetuates the learned feeling of being deficient or being inadequate in some way. Or It perpetuates the learned feeling of being better than, or being the very best. We then begin to understand, once we begin to see this, that this is one of the primary reasons why we live with a constant underlying, or maybe not so underlying, feeling of uncertainty and tension and stress. It's this conceit of self that usurps the power and the vitality of being fully present. It's this conceit of self that blocks concentration and mindful awareness of simply and clearly being present with what is. We set ourselves apart. We separate ourselves with this conceit. And it's an endlessly unsatisfying, painful process. It's a major source of suffering for us in this human realm. Another way that the conceit of self can show up in our practice and in our life as our practice, is that all too often our idea of what it means to be really honest with ourselves, about ourselves, is primarily perceived as admitting our weaknesses, admitting our faults, admitting all the unskillful, all the quote-unquote bad things that we've done. We could call this another facet of the conceit of self. Identifying and dwelling in this negative idea and identification of ourself, this negative image of who we are, is actually how guilt, sorrow, how anguish is nurtured. The Buddha instructs us to recognize, acknowledge, and rejoice in ourselves in very specific ways. We can reflect on the ways that we've been of service to and cared for others. Reflect on the choices that we've made that have been absolutely appropriate and wise at any given time. We can reflect and rejoice in the times when our heart, our mind, has been clearly present, connected. When the heart has emanated loving-kindness and compassion or joy in relationship to others. And of course the possibility of rejoicing in the fact that we've had the great good fortune to meet and connect with the teaching and the practices of the Buddha and are here practicing. I think that it's very important to take these instructions from the Buddha to heart. Rejoicing in ourselves isn't a call for arrogance. It isn't a call for self-centeredness but rather just the simple recognition and the acknowledgement of our goodness, our success, what I like to call our healthy human beingness. It's actually essential to begin to be able to rejoice in ourselves, not in a prideful or a conceited way, but as a means of generating the respect, the love, the confidence, the joy, and the sense of well-being and relationship to ourselves that's essential and natural to the awakening mind, the awakening heart. This is an important aspect of cultivating the wholesome mind, the wholesome heart. That's essential for the process of practice to develop, deepen, and blossom as we make our way on this path to liberation. Until we're liberated, until we're awakened, in the Buddha's words, "'Tis the self by which we suffer."